Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And this is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, just uh, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Our uh, vision is to see dads engaged in raising a godly generation and reinvigorating the church on the fathering front to raise the bar for fathering in the church and in the community. Uh, this podcast series is uh, talking about the Lenten season and, and our kids using this Lenten season, the 40 days leading up to Easter, uh, to uh, really focus in on helping our children get to know Jesus to a new level. And in this particular podcast, we're going to be talking about Jesus' parables because the, the parables are where Jesus seemed to really communicate with his disciples and uh, uh, use them. He, he, would, he would talk in parables, and then he would break out and explain the parables to his disciples. And it, it seemed that that was when his disciples started to get him. And uh, so in the studio with us today is James Crum. James uh, is the executive pastor of Risen Nation, and uh, blessing to have you here, James. Uh, thanks again, Rick. It's good to be here. And you are a man, husband, and father of two beautiful girls, yes. 23 and 23 18. 23 and 18, yeah. You started when you were young, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I got married at age 21, okay. and I didn't know enough to be married, so my <laughs> wife was very graceful toward me. Uh, but we waited five years before we started our journey with uh, parenting on purpose, mm-hmm. and then uh, we waited almost another five to have our second daughter. And it's worked out really well. They've had a unique relationship. They've always been close enough in age. So it's been good. And I just stay out of the way. It's a lady's home. I was going to say, <laughs> I hope you have a male dog or something. I do, but he's a traitor. He's, <laughs> he's always with them. He, so. knows who, he knows who feeds you. Right, right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't know who buys the food. Huh? <laughs> well, I, I, I look forward to this, say, this particular podcast because the parables I always have found fascinating yes. in Scripture, and, uh, and, and they open the door to such a unique discussion in between Jesus and his disciples. And uh, the idea that, uh, you know, he always, uh, they always either pointed to himself, to his mission, or, or to his Father. Yes. And uh, they always uh, brought some things home. Uh, and so are, are there some favorite Favorite parables of yours that you relate to that maybe you used in in talking with your daughters about Jesus? Yeah, I, there's there's multiple ways I could look at this, but my favorite parable is literally one verse long. It's the guy finds a treasure in a field, mm-hmm. he buries it, mm-hmm. he goes and sells everything he has, and buys the field, and uh, that has just intrigued me on so many levels as a story, mm-hmm. uh, being such a short story, but it has so much implication to give your entire being for the treasure in the field. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard it taught from multiple angles and all the allegory. That's what's powerful, powerful about a parable or a story is you can extrapolate from it many different meanings symbolically you know you want to stay in context as scripture goes but i'm not sure we've ever lived in the day and age where story has been celebrated to the level it is today mm-hmm. uh, from netflix streaming Boy. series yeah. to the marvel avengers movie storyline and you know people love story and we've we've actually been inundated in the last few years in the church with people trying to maneuver the preaching more to a story format so that it's more uh, 
understandable, more uh, applicable for life. So I believe right now the story is very important. So the parables of Jesus are more important than they've ever been. But I've always been overwhelmed with his wisdom. Mm -hmm. To look and see a mountain and create a story of that with Mm -hmm. the people who are sitting at the edge of it. Or to see a field when he's talking to farmers. Or to say something about a different trade, whether it be a fisherman or a taxman, that really would get their attention. He was the master teacher. Oh, he was. So why wouldn't we use his stories? And Uh so we've we've interwoven those into our uh, lives as parents into our children, teaching them the basic meanings. But mm-hmm. it's so much easier to teach them a parable than it is the book of Revelation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, the one you just mentioned just says it doesn't have to be complicated. That's right. It, yeah. uh, his, his story, his simplest stories are the ones that uh, really grab hold. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the one that, uh, I know, the the idea of uh, the, the sower, sowing the seeds, you yes. know, I, I thought there there's so many applications. You had the sowing on the path, you had sowing in the rocks, or sowing into the thorns, and then finally the sowing into the good soil. Yes. Uh, I thought those were always analogous and helped uh, help help me navigate help our helped me to help our kids navigate through different relationships that they had to understand where their friends right. might be in a in yes. a spiritual maturity any yeah. thoughts on that yeah every person uh whether they're young or old they're in a stage mm-hmm. uh it may be a beginning stage it could be a, a more mature stage but every person regardless of age they're in a stage mm-hmm. and uh, we could probably honestly say we've all been this thorny type soil before, Mm -hmm. you know, the shallow soil. Like, we've all gone through those stages. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, I think it's important to be honest Mm -hmm. about the places that you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, To say in front of your kids, to say to your wife, hey, I'm struggling right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not in a great place. But then to also teach that I don't have control over you. Mm-hmm. Or anyone else, even my children, I knew would get to a point where they would make their own choices. But the one thing that I can exercise self biblical self control over is my soil. Mm-hmm. That's up to me. What I do with my heart is up to me. Mm-hmm. Teaching my kids that the better part of you is not what is seen on the outside, but it's here. Mm-hmm. It's your heart, and you have the opportunity to be good soil. Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is by listening. Mm-hmm. by honoring, by respecting. Mm-hmm. And so we could teach framework in that. And, and I also I'm really big with telling people scripture without quoting chapter and verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we're teaching our kids, we were constantly teaching them scripture. We just weren't sitting down every time and pointing it out. Sometimes mm-hmm. we were in the world. The world is in love with story right now. So it's the greatest time to tell a story of Jesus scripturally without using words that alienate. So there's all kinds of application to this, but ultimately we we get to decide what kind of soil we want to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, I think the... Uh the idea that uh, you know, if it isn't, if you aren't grounded real well, then you leave yourselves more vulnerable, yes. and you can kind of see that and and use that analogy for kids to to look around a little bit and not not to judge anybody else, but to j- just be aware that when you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything yes. type thing. And uh, so I, that's why I love this analogy that, uh, you know, we as parents, of course, we want to create as good a soil as we mm-hmm. possibly can, particularly in a young life. Right. right? right. So that they're prepared for what's going to hit them when they yes. 
started going to school or something along those lines. So, uh, how, what, uh, any, any other uh, parable jump out at you that uh, you, you uh, used to in, in engage your daughters in spiritual discussion? Well, I, I, I think I probably, I don't know that one sticks out above the others as I'm kind of trying to filter through my head right now. Um, I, these that you've mentioned here obviously are at the top of the list because the parable of sower is um, actually kind of, if you can understand and interpret that one, it serves as a great a framework for understanding the rest of the parables. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether, you know, the parable of the wheat and the tare, um, that one was very important. I know that's where we're going next, not to get ahead, but I, that one was very important because we had to make a decision that all parents have to make. Am I going to shelter my kid? Am I going to put my kid in Christian school? Mm-hmm. Am I going to homeschool them? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to place them in the most secular thing going on <laughs> in, in society, in <laughs> which is, you know, educational systems that are messed up? So, um, you know, sowing the wheat and the tear obviously is a great thing to teach your kids. Is they're going to grow together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so that one, the, the parable of the sower, the one that I mentioned earlier, um, those are, I mean, pretty much all of the parables, but I can't think of a, I'm trying to think of a scenario where we used one specifically, and I don't, I can't remember. My yeah. kids are older. I can't remember all the things I did, <laughs> I which is good and bad, right? That's right. Yeah, that, I, I always say, I don't know if it was really technically a parable or a story, but I, I always think about the, uh, uh, the the uh, the fellow that was arrested by the king to pay his debt, right? Yes. And the, yes. he owed uh, what a, a ten thousand denarii or something right. like it, which was which was a, a an incomprehensible. He wasn't going to get paid back. It right. was a lifetime plus worth of wages. And one guy, so he he pleads to the king. The king forgives his debt. Yes. And then uh, uh, someone comes up to him that essentially owes him twenty bucks, and he strangles him and says, "He'll yeah. give me my money. I'm going to be thrown in prison." Right. And oh, yeah. I thought, what an analogy that you know that's that's where I use with with my kids say you know this is the level of forgiveness because you know I, I grew up in a, in a violent alcoholic home and I when mm-hmm. I reconciled with dad somebody you know somebody would say well how could you forgive him for you know some of the stuff and yeah. I said do you see the comparison here of what Jesus did for us oh, wow. and how yeah. how how could I possibly hold back uh, mm-hmm. you know forgiveness from, and actually it wasn't it wasn't forgiving him. I was actually yeah. asking him to forgive me wow. because I had judged a man I had no right to judge. Wow. Right? Wow. So, that's so that's how gracious God mm-hmm. is. And I mm-hmm. always love that that story or parable. I, I don't know whether it's a true story or not. I'm trying to remember now whether the context it was in Scripture. But, but it just always resonated with me that mm-hmm. anything we're dealing with in this world is 20 bucks. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not it's not ten thousand denarii, right? That, that's a great point of view, honestly. <laughs> and I thought, uh, you know, how uh, how silly it is to hold a grudge. How silly, you know, you don't. You right. know, this life is too short to be angry or to, to hold yeah. grudges or to judge somebody else or anything along those lines. But so that that's one of my favorites uh, yeah. that always uh, hits me. Another one is the, of course, the talents. You know what? You yes. know what do you do? Uh, are we just supposed to sit on it or are we supposed right. to move? It's like, you know, are you gonna uh, does that shovel dig a hole just by leaning on it or do mm-hmm. you have to do something? Right? Yes. You have to be obedient on the journey. But but I, I, I don't want to get too far off track. I know the, the point, uh, the, the, the sower the, the, uh, of the seeds, 
the, the fact that we're, he prepares us to understand that uh, the thorns are going to come up in life, right. and they're going to try to choke you out. Absolutely. And I think that's, again, where I, I you know, run into kids that are uh, struggling getting cut from their first football team or yeah. they're struggling uh, with uh, bad grades. Yes. I think, you know, these are the things that the world tries to say it's all about performance, right. and uh, so we have to be careful of that. Any, any th final thoughts on that, uh, Seeds? Uh, yeah, the <laughs> one parable that came to mind, I, I remember a season now uh, when you were talking that jarred my memory, um, is the the lady that won't stop asking the judge for justice. And uh, finally, he's annoyed to the point where he answers her request. And it's a beautiful story. It's a strange story, but a beautiful story of persistence, mm -hmm. uh, praying. And um, I do remember a season in our life where that was a big, big deal that we have to press through. What It may have been church-related. It may have been other things. But we had to press through certain things and that parable really served us well in that season right. to know that we have to keep asking um, that it's not an annoyance to the thought to our father and the story it was annoying but the end result was it was all about persistence right. so we've been able to teach our kids you know don't give up too quick mm -hmm. uh, everything doesn't come easy mm -hmm. um, I, I can interject a quick story here of my my youngest daughter when she was my oldest daughter was a high, highly accomplished volleyball player and uh, my youngest daughter was following in those footsteps. And she tries out for her uh, freshman year. She makes the team. She has a good season. She goes back for her sophomore year, and uh, she comes home after tryouts, and she didn't make the team. She, she got cut the first day. And I'm looking at her like, I, I don't, you were a starter last year. Uh, we've invested all this time, we've, you know, and I could not figure it out. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to call and talk to the coach. It just doesn't sound right. And she That's goes, what dads Dad, do. Dad, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was about to fix it. Yeah. Um, she said, Dad, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, Dad, don't do it. And I'm like, well, I'll be kind, but I don't, what's going on? And she goes, Dad, I didn't want to make the team. I didn't try. I lagged back on purpose. And I immediately I went from being mad at the coach to infuriated <laughs> <laughs> with her. Like, what do you mean you didn't try? Like, what? And she's just like, well, I just thought it would be something that would disappoint y'all because you've been so supportive. You know, she started early. We've been playing for years. And I was like, baby, no, it's, if, if that's not what you want to do, we're mm -hmm. not putting that on you. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes, like, even just being too persistent or mm -hmm. not, not being balanced in grace mm -hmm. with our kids and, and trying to fix things prematurely without hearing their heart. Mm -hmm. the, these are all things that, you know, jars my memory of trying to be a, a healthy father for my kids. Right, right. Uh, so that's a, no, that's a great story because <laughs> I, we, we try to be God. We try to take control. Oh, yeah, and right. until we sit back and really hear their heart, then right. we can kind of get in sync. And that's, that's one of the toughest things dads have is to try to understand their, their child's unique giftedness yes. and where their passion is and, uh, and help them understand that, you know, everything isn't going to go rosy, but at the same time, uh, we do have to take responsibility for gifts that we've been given right. and, and uh, glorify right. God in the process. But yeah. that's, that's a great story. The other parable I don't want to touch base on are the, is the uh, parable of the weeds where, <laughs> where the, the farmer planted the wheat and uh, then the 
enemy comes in and sows uh, weeds right behind it. And uh, the parable is that uh, they want to they want to pull up the weeds as soon as they come up. And the master says, "No, let the weeds go because if you try to pull them up now, you're going to disrupt the wheat. Absolutely. So let them grow up together, and then we'll separate them yes. as we go on." Uh, any thoughts on on the application of that uh, for your kids as they grow up? The hardest part of that understanding is not that they'll have that happen at school. Mm-hmm. Um, my girls went to public school. They were believers inside of a, a petri dish full of unbelievers. Mm-hmm. They expected that. Mm-hmm. What they didn't expect is to have wheat and tares inside of the church. Mm-hmm. When the church, because the church teaches really weird stuff as it relates to pastor's families, Mm -hmm. the expectations Mm -hmm. that are placed. Mm -hmm. And my daughters had to go through that like I did. Mm -hmm. So I think it was harder to teach them because this is literally telling us, this parable is telling us, they grow together. Mm -hmm. So there can be tears in the church setting. There can be tears in your school setting. Mm -hmm. The problem is you expect it there and you don't expect it here. Mm -hmm. So as a dad, I I have to work with that. Mm -hmm. I have to tell my daughters that, hey, not everything in the church looks like that. Uh, Not everything is unhealthy like that, but there are going to be a combination of people in this place that are gonna grow together, and it's gonna be messy, and we're all gonna intertwine. And then, of course, the Lord, and and the parable is very clear, the Lord's gonna separate. Mm -hmm. And he's gonna do that, so you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to police church, and you don't have to police your friends. You can be a normal person, in the midst of a tear mm-hmm. because you have great confidence that the Lord is going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So our, our decision was just to let our kids grow up among the tears in the world, but the conversations about the tears in church were much harder. Right, and I, I think uh, you know, as as a little as the weeds were were little and the wheat was little, there was a, they look pretty similar too. They're absolutely. usually disguised, right? Yes, absolutely. And and it isn't just physical age; it's spiritual maturity that yes. helps you at least. What they I know you did and I did as well. We're we're trying to help our kids discern right. between the wheat and the tares. Absolutely. And uh, so then then you can start to at least uh, navigate through the world. Yes. Not necessarily, you know, it's just like. Uh, uh, I always think of the analogy to uh, Nehemiah's wall. Wall, wall mm. wasn't a wall of isolation. Mm-hmm. It was a wall of delineation. Yes. The gates yes. were open yes. on days of business and mm-hmm. loved people in and out. But when That's it came to the Sabbath, those gates closed That's because right. this is this is Jerusalem, right? Wow. This is God's holy city. And I think uh, when when I when I read this parable, that's what I'm drawn to is uh, we're empowering our children to really identify the weeds, identify yes. to not judge, yes. just just identify right. and know what to respect and and where to draw the line. You know the old boundary thing that you're that you yeah. talk about. I know you talk about with your daughters because I I did as well with my daughter oh, yeah. and and yeah. son. And and uh, these are th- these are tough conversations that we have to have. Yes. The fact that the world is always going to be the world. It is fallen. Yes, <laughs> it is. There's any doubt? Just uh, turn on the news sometimes, <laughs> right? But uh, uh, but how how can dads emulate some of the time? You know, I, you know, I just thought, looking back and reading through the scripture and the parables, I thought it was such a beautiful time in the relationship between Jesus and his disciples that they'd say, what were you saying here? You know, yes. and, or, and I, you know, how many times you get, Dad, what did you mean by this? You know, yeah. it's, it's a time to sit down and just really connect. Yes. Uh, did you see that as well? You know, I... Uh, Rick, I absolutely have the most fond memories 
of my daughters crawling up in my lap. <laughs> um, I think I still, maybe even up until the point where my oldest daughter was 20 years old, if she had a really rough day, I could still get her to come crawl up, kind of more like just, you know, <laughs> flatten me. But it's, uh, it's moments like that, honestly, looking back, that are priceless to me. Mm-hmm. And it was not in the depth of what I said. Mm-hmm. It was not in fixing their problems. Because I couldn't. There mm-hmm. were many of the things I couldn't. But knowing that I can just hold them, uh, love them, make sure they know that I'm present, uh, that's probably the, the thing that I would say the most. And that's what you see between the Father and the Son is mm-hmm. perfect unity. Mm-hmm. And in the world, in our relationships, we don't get to encounter those moments all that often. Mm-hmm. But in moments of vulnerability, when they needed a dad, that was the greatest pleasure of my life, even if they were coming to me with a failure, mm-hmm. to have them there that close to me going, this is safe. Sure. That, to me, draws the beautiful picture between the father and the son and how he taught and how he trained his disciples the very same way. He mm-hmm. loved them. He shared insights with them that other people didn't get to see mm-hmm. and hear. And if we could do that as dads, I think it'd be a huge win. Right, and I, that's a great uh, tip for dads. I know, you know, as, as a dad with girls, there's no, no greater feeling than coming home and all arms and legs around you. Hey, <laughs> up hug, daddy, up know, hug, it's daddy. The best. It's the best. <laughs> but then as they mature, that gets a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. so what you're saying and what I hear is that we've got to be smart. And, and to yes. this day, my daughter's 30, uh, she'll be, uh, she's 36. And to this day, I'll swing her to the side, and that's our up hug. Together. Oh, absolutely! And and her husband doesn't. You know, he he's, he tolerates me, <laughs> but uh, uh, the the uh, but I I just think that's so important. You call mm-hmm. talk about a safe place. Mm-hmm. You know, the disciples knew they were safe with yes. Jesus. They weren't gonna. They, they, he was gonna be straight with them, and mm-hmm. and I think that's uh, that's huge. So, yeah. uh, any other final thoughts or encouragement for dads on the on the parables? Well, I I think. We need to make it as simple as we can because that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that crossed my mind is, I don't know how people feel about this. I know there's some mixed opinions, but the video series has come out, The Chosen. Oh, boy. Um, one of the things that we did with our adult children is we watch episodes and discuss them. Mm-hmm. And that just created more story, right? It's just a story, but they're seeing it in their generational lens. Mm-hmm. And then we discuss it. So they would say, why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. What's this mean? Like, mm-hmm. I've never understood that. What, now that it's here, let's talk about mm-hmm. it. We'd pause the show and they go, I, I don't understand that. Right. So I, I, I've used some tools like that later in life. And then, of course, when they were younger, we could do it with VeggieTales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, that was totally different. But mm-hmm. uh, I would say for dads, you know, there are tools out there that make conversation really simple. Right. Things like The Chosen. Yeah, I think that's a fabulous example, and uh, I, I agree with you all the way. So dads, uh, hear that word, to, to bring that biblical view into your discussions and your spiritual discussions between Sundays, to uh, bring to life some of these parables, be candid in discussions, be real, and uh, connect as uh, disciples did with Jesus. They got Jesus as a function of him explaining these parables. May your children get you as you have discussions with them. And of course, uh, if Jesus is the gate to his Father, you're the gate to Jesus. So that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. Godspeed.